and welcome to another episode of the Global Storytime Podcast, where every two weeks I bring you a folktale from a different country or culture. And every two weeks I also release an episode that helps us learn more about that country or culture from where that story was written. I'm your host, Diane Strand. This week, we're going to Turkey. Okay, let's get started and find Turkey on a map. Turkey is one of two countries on Earth that spans two continents, and the other country that does that is Russia. On a map, Turkey looks like a land bridge connecting Europe to Asia because it lies between two bodies of water, the Black Sea to the north and the Mediterranean Sea to the south. The western half of Turkey is technically part of Europe, and borders from north to south, Bulgaria and Greece. The eastern part of Turkey is a part of Asia and borders the Central Asian countries of, from north to south again, Georgia, Armenia, Iran, Iraq, and to the south, Syria. I'll also mention that the island nation of Cyprus lies just 44 miles or 71 kilometers from the southern coast of Turkey. The capital of Turkey is Ankara, which is in the central north of the country. The biggest city in Turkey, however, is Istanbul, which is near the border with Bulgaria. The size of Turkey is 302 square miles, which is a little bit bigger than the state of Texas. The population of Turkey is 83.5 million people, which is about twice the population of the state of California. Now let's get into what is always the meatiest part of this episode, the history. Turkey's history is definitely a product of its location between Europe and Asia, and so all the key players, the big empires of that section of the world, took control over the land at some point. The Greeks, the Persians, the Romans, the Ottoman Empire, they all ruled the area at some point or another. But we'll start way back to the very beginning of Homo sapiens in Turkey, dating back to 3000 BCE, when humans migrated over from Northern Europe. Large settlements and distinct languages and cultures formed, the largest of which were the Hittites. The Hittites reached their cultural peak in 1300 BCE and created such a successful society that they became Turkey's first empire, expanding into present-day Iraq and into Lebanon, which then was ruled by the Egyptian king Ramses. According to archaeologists, this fight over land between the Hittites and the Egyptians was the largest chariot battle of all time. At the end of the Bronze Age, in 1500 BCE, several empires in the area collapsed due to continued warfare, natural disasters, and the migration of communities. By 1600 BCE, the Greeks had moved in and established the city of Byzantium in western Turkey. This city will come up a lot in Turkey's history, and it also has its name changed several times. The Greeks named the rest of the land of present-day Turkey Anatolia, which meant sunrise in that version of Greek. Soon after the Greeks moved in, the Persians from present-day Iran expanded their territory into eastern Anatolia. In 330 BCE, the Greek ruler Alexander the Great came in and captured the rest of Anatolia on his way to conquering the rest of the Persian Empire. And then it was time for the Romans to make their way over from Italy, with the Holy Roman Empire led by Constantine the Great. Constantine, being a good Roman, 
decided to change the name of Byzantium to New Rome, but really it became widely known as Constantinople after its new leader. Ironically, this was the start of what historians call the Byzantine Empire, which lasted until the 1300s. The Byzantine Empire was one of the longest lasting empires the world has ever seen, spanning over 1,000 years. It even continued after the fall of the Western Roman Empire in the year 300. It created a distinct style of architecture, music, art, and literature that was greatly influential to Western European countries. During this time, there was another empire to the east that had been slowly forming and growing. That empire was the Ottoman Empire, which was made up of groups of Turkish people who originated in Central Asia and Western China. Over a period of 300 years, the Ottoman Empire gained control of Anatolia, bit by bit, eventually capturing the city of Constantinople in 1453. This created a huge shift in culture, as the Ottomans were Muslim, and so a lot of the churches were turned to mosques, and people eventually converted to a new religion. In 1530, the Ottoman ruler, Solomon the Magnificent, which can I just say that I am so thankful that present-day leaders don't add any sort of superlative after their name, even though I find the audacity slightly amusing. Anyways, Solomon the Magnificent expanded the Ottoman Empire into Eastern Europe, which led to several wars with Russia. Much later, this ongoing conflict allowed the Ottoman Empire to form alliances with Great Britain and France during the Crimean Wars against Russia in the 1850s. After that, in the late 1800s, the Ottoman Empire began losing territorial wars with other countries and its empire began to shrink. When World War I started up, the Germans offered to supply the Ottoman Empire with soldiers and ammunitions, and so the countries formed an alliance during the war. This new alliance didn't really work out for them, and the Ottoman Empire, along with the Germans, were defeated. As a result, much of the Ottoman Empire was broken up into new territories, which became countries like Lebanon, Syria, and Armenia. The rest of Anatolia was occupied by the Allied forces. This occupation inspired a Turkish national movement, eventually leading to the Turkish War for Independence in 1919. In 1922, the Allied forces were finally expelled from the area and the Republic of Turkey was officially formed in 1923 led by Mustafa Kemal Ataturk. And I have to mention that in 1930, the capital was moved from Constantinople to Ankara, and that Constantinople had its name changed again to Istanbul, which apparently it had been known as informally for hundreds of years. And then 23 years later, this song came out in America. Istanbul was Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople, been a long time gone, old Constantinople, still a Turkish delight on a moonlit night. All right. Moving on to languages spoken in Turkey. The official language of Turkey is 
Turkish, and it is spoken by 85% of the population. 12% of people speak Kurdish, 1% of people speak Arabic, and another 1% of people speak a language localized in the east of the country called Zaza. Even though there are actually over 20 languages spoken in the country, the government does not recognize most of them. In fact, the Constitution, last written in 1982, has an article prohibiting any educational facility from teaching any language other than Turkish as a mother tongue. So, for example, the Spanish and Chinese immersion schools that we have in the United States would not have been allowed in Turkey. This is slowly changing due to pressure from ethnic minorities and from the Human Rights Watch. In 2012, Kurdish was allowed to be taught after fifth grade. And in 2015, Arabic was allowed to be taught in elementary schools and also as a second language in high schools, along with European languages like French and German. Moving along to religions practiced in Turkey. Throughout its history, Turkey has been a central location for Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. Today, however, since its creation as a Republic of Turkey, it is officially a secular country. The first ruler of Turkey, who I mentioned earlier, Mustafa Kemal Ataturk, actually banned wearing any sort of religious clothing in public in his effort to secularize the country after the Muslim Ottoman rule. Today, however, though it is a secular country, most of the country is Muslim. The government, which is currently led by a conservative Muslim named Recep Tayyip Erdogan, puts the number of Muslim practitioners at 99%. But different sources have stated that it's more like 89%, still definitely the majority. These other sources have reported that around 9% of Turks are non-religious, a number that has actually been increasing in recent years. And the last 1% of the population either follows some sort of Christianity, Catholicism, Judaism, the Baha'i faith, or local folk religions. All right, third tidbit to last, the national food. The national food of Turkey is one of my favorite foods from another country, and that is doner kebab. If you've never heard of or had doner kebab, you may still be familiar with the image of a vertical cone of rotating meat, like beef or lamb, that is roasted on most sides. You may have seen this if you get a Greek gyro or Mexican al pastor tacos, or if you've gotten an Israeli shawarma, where the preparation of the meat for all of these different dishes is the same. And actually, doner kebab translated into English means rotating roasted meat. So the preparation is in the name. For a traditional doner kebab, you shave off some of that delicious roasted meat and wrap it with lavash, a thin soft bread. And you add onions and buttery tomatoey sauce called Eiskinder kebab sauce. And then you add some keshar cheese, which is made from a blend of sheep and goat's milk. Now, I have actually never had an authentic doner kebab, only the Americanized or Europeanized version, which has no tomatoey sauce or special cheese. So I wonder if I would like it as much as the version with lettuce and tomato, but I think I would. If you've ever had an authentic donor kebab, let me know in a review. Now for the most surprising national sport I have come across yet. This is even more surprising than learning that Indonesia's national sport is badminton. Are you ready for it? 
Turkey's national sport is oil wrestling. It's also called grease wrestling. It is a sport that dates back to the Greco-Romans, though it was also practiced in Central Europe and developed as a way to make traditional wrestling more difficult. Side note, the Turkish name for non-oiled wrestling, Kerakujak Göreşe, which translates into groundhog. Isn't that sweet, in a way? Anyways, these oiled wrestlers wear special leather capri pants called kizbets and oil up their opponent in olive oil before the match as a sign of respect. Now, that is definitely sweet. In tournaments, competitors face each other in grassy fields, with many pairs of wrestlers competing at the same time. To win a match, you must get your opponent in a position on their back so their belly button is shining up in the sky for an indeterminate amount of time. I couldn't really find anywhere that said for how long they had to be pinned down. You can also win by earning points for certain moves. These matches used to last for days. But in the last few years, matches have been given a time limit of 45 minutes. I bet 45 minutes feels a lot longer when you're grappling your slippery, slidey body against somebody else's slippery, slidey body. That's wild. Last but not least, it's our fun fact. I don't know if I can top the fun fact of oil wrestling, but I can try. And of course, when I googled fun facts about Turkey, I got a lot of bird facts. But when I tried again, I found something at least prettier than oil wrestling, and that is tulips. It's actually not known exactly where tulips originated from, but it is known that the Ottoman Empire loved them and played a major role in introducing the flower to the rest of the world. In fact, in the 1500s, when a Flemish, think Belgian, ambassador came to meet with Solomon the Magnificent, remember him? They were so taken with the flower that they brought bulbs back to Western Europe to be grown there. And now, thanks to Turkey and the Ottoman Empire, the Netherlands is thought of as the tulip capital of the world. Although Google also said that Mount Vernon in Washington state is the tulip capital of the world. And while it is nice, I've been. It's no Netherlands, flower-wise. And that is it for this episode of Let's Learn About Turkey. If you haven't listened to episode 18a, Kiloglan and the 12 Dancing Princesses, go check it out. It's a story that will transport you to a luxurious midnight party as you learn the secret of the 12 dancing princesses. If you want to learn even more information about Turkey or any of the other countries or cultures that I highlight, follow the pod on Facebook or Instagram at Global Storytime Podcast. You can always reach me at globalstorytimepodcast at gmail.com. And if you learned something, I hope you stick one of these facts in your back pocket and you pull it out to somebody who may not be expecting it, but will be pleasantly surprised. Thank you so much for listening. I've been your host, Diane Strand. Until next time, bye. Why is it?